Good morning. My name's Kurt. I'm one of the pastors here. I want to add my welcome to you for those of you who are here with us in person, as well as those of you joining us online. As Anthony said, this is our annual celebration Sunday, and we wanted to take some time to uh, find out how we could celebrate some of the good things that God is doing in the midst of a world that seems like it's full of bad news. Uh, we wanted to maybe talk about some of the good things that are going on that maybe we don't always realize or understand or are happening behind the scenes. Again, if you uh, are not at a table, we'd encourage you. You can feel free to get up and move around, join a table if you want to. If you're comfortable where you're at, that's fine too. We don't want you to make you feel uncomfortable, but we just want you to feel welcomed and free to participate fully this morning. As we talk about kind of where we've been in this last year, 2022, that is now behind us, uh, I, I want to say that for me, 2022 was weird and challenging. Those are my two words for last year. It was weird and challenging. Over and over again, I would have conversations with people and you'd have the, uh, the obligatory question, you know, how are you doing? And they'd be like, I don't know. It's kind of weird. And they would go, yeah, right? Something just feels off. I mean, the pandemic is over, and yet we're in this weird space where nothing quite has gone back to normal. And, you know, the economy's going crazy, and the polarization in our society. And, and personally, I've just always felt off. Like, even within myself, I've felt weird. And it's been a challenge for me. And I think as a, we talk with people in our church, it's been a weird and a challenging season to do ministry as well. But I want to celebrate today that it's not all bad news. The good news here at Faith Covenant Church is that we have new people coming every Sunday. We have younger families who are finding their way here and connecting with other young families who are here, even though most of them aren't here on Sunday morning. <laughs> And that's part of the new job of ministry, right? It's to help people find each other other than relying on one hour on Sunday morning, but through the week and in various ways to, to do life together. Do you realize that our average Sunday attendance is actually 172 people? That, that statistic actually surprised me. I mean, I, I kind of know it because we, we talk about it every week at staff, but 172 people are consistently attending Faith Covenant Church every Sunday through this last year. Now, 130 of those are in person, and 42 of them are online, but out of those people who are coming regularly on Sunday morning, um, 87, we have 87 new names in our church database. Now, now that's from our MOPS ministry, it's from Little Sprouts, and it's from people who are part of our church. But you, know, you think about a season where we've kind of been bemoaning that, that church is in decline and people aren't coming back to church on Sunday. The fact that we have made 87 brand new connections with new people in 2022 is phenomenal. That's worth celebrating. <laughs> Amen, right? The other thing that amazes me that I still don't really know what to do with or how to interpret yet, but I think is a part of where God may be leading us, we have 700 active people in our database. 
There are 700 people that maybe don't call this their church home, but are actively connected to the life and the ministries of Faith Covenant Church. Again, through Little Sprouts and through Mops Ministry. Maybe they're your extended family members who came at Christmas or Easter and their names are in our database. These are 700 people that we know are somehow connected to the life of our faith community and and have a part of what we call church. And so when we have our lens focused on who's here for one hour on Sunday morning, and it's 130 people in the room and 42 people online, there are still 700 people out there that are hearing about what's happening. They're hearing the stories of our lives that we're connecting with in relationship and around the dinner table and socially as we go through our lives. And, and those, two, those people, too, are a part of our faith community. More people are coming forward regularly, indicating that they're ready to grow and they're wanting more training. They need more information and they want to be equipped to not only discover God's calling on their life, but to be able to, to move out and serve other people in Jesus' name. And in many of the ways that we are continuing to to serve God in this place, I just want to go through and highlight the celebration of all the people who are here, who are serving God, pursuing that calling and making a difference in the lives of other people. In our worship ministry, uh, Greg Neward is leading an amazing worship team. And we're going to talk about some names. There'll be some names on the screens. I'm not going to get everybody. So if I miss your name this morning, I apologize. But, But it takes hundreds of people right? To do ministry at a church. And every Sunday, our ministry team continues to introduce us to new songs as well as uh, connecting with hymns and songs of, through the ages. And we're able to have seasonal choirs this last year again and a women's ensemble. We even got our kids up in a kids choir as well. And for many of us, I know a huge highlight was that we had three combined services with our sister church, Esperanza Viva, and a wonderful taco feeds afterwards. And those three services are now going to become a permanent part of our annual schedule. So on Palm Sunday and 4th of July Sunday and Thanksgiving, we're going to continue to fellowship and worship and eat together as the larger church of Jesus Christ. I just want to say thanks to the many people it does take to host the music and the audio and visual and, and, and all of the ways that we're connecting with people online. And would you just take a moment, and if you are a part of the worship ministry here at Faith Covenant Church, in any, would you just stand for a second, please, so we can just see who you are? Come on, you guys can do it. If you stand up, you're all here. You're all standing. <laughs> Let's just give them a round of applause and thank them for their ministry. Thank you so much. Uh, We want to take a moment to acknowledge one particular person who's been a a real silent hero in our midst, and that's Jordan Sensony. Jordan, would you come on down front? Jordan has been serving on our uh, worship team as a staff member, and due to some of the economic realities that we're facing, we've had to unfortunately eliminate his position, but we didn't want to let that go by without acknowledging our huge gratitude for you. Greg, do you want to come forward and share a few words, and I think you have a little gift to share too. I found the step. Um, Yeah, Jordan came on at a time when we were trying to transition through all the digital pieces that... Uh, we didn't quite get, and he came on with the same uh, mindset that 
I don't quite get this either, but he researched and he found ways to do things that um, we hadn't yet been able to do. So we are, we're streaming in this room back here, the, the Rockabye room, and over in Snelling Hall is the family room. Uh, large thanks to, to Jordan who helped us to get to that space. Um, there are many others who are involved too, but Jordan was instrumental in making that happen, and so we're so thankful that um, he's been with us, and, uh, and he has, uh, we've had a, a great relationship together and been able to talk about life and what God is doing in his life, and, um, and he's not leaving us, by the way. Um, <laughs> he's going to stay, stay with us and, and, uh, and help us out still, so we're so thankful for that, but uh, we wanted to thank you and uh, thank you for all the work that you've done and uh, been a blessing to make sure that we can share with the world God's good news, whether it be right here in the sanctuary or in any of the other places and online. So thank you. And uh, if you would uh, applaud Jordan now. <laughs> and I'm going to pray over Jordan and, and uh, give you the applause. Father, thank you so much for Jordan. Thank you for the work that you have done in him and uh, through him and in this church because of him. Father, we, uh, we ask that as more things open up to him in his future, that, Lord, you would lead and direct wherever he goes. Uh, Father, we trust your hand on his life and know that you are holding him right now. Uh, Father, uh, just bless his ministry wherever he goes. Thank you, Father. It's in your name we pray these things. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you. Thanks, bro. No In our family, yeah, it's worth another round of applause. In our family ministries, uh, which are wide-ranging, we have so many things that have been happening that are worth noting and celebrating, and, and we owe a huge thanks to Lauren Hurston, who has been taking point in our student ministries. She was hired to be our family ministry assistant, and over a course of a year and a half, we haven't been able to hire the associate pastor of family ministries, who she was to assist. So she's been doing it all herself. So uh, she's been doing, you know, uh, an amazing job, doing a job description that she wasn't even hired for, and she's pulled together an awesome student ministries team that are connecting with and leading uh, an average of 20 middle school and high school students on Wednesday nights here at the church. Uh, they were able to uh, take the Unite West Los Angeles trip where the students uh, went all together with people from all, all across the West Coast to hear speakers and worship and socialize and meet new friends. Uh, we've had 12 middle schoolers attend the Thunder Retreat and nine high schoolers go to the Mud Retreat. All those are at Cascades Camp and it's just a, an opportunity for kids to unplug and to get away and to hear the gospel and to be with other students. And we just want to say a huge thank you to their student ministry team. And if you're on the student ministry team, would you, would you stand for a moment so we can just acknowledge you as well? Kelsey's representing the team, but you can see some of the names that are up there on the screen. In our children's ministry area, Cindy Conlin, who was supposed to be transitioning out of children's ministry and into connections ministry, has continued to, to do amazing work in partnering with Lauren Hurston to continue to give direction to uh, our kids' ministry on Sunday mornings, as well as our child care ministry, both on Sunday mornings and Wednesdays. 
Uh, they've done an amazing job keeping you know, that ministry alive and going. And a huge highlight again from this last year was the creative work that uh, they did around Vacation Bible School and taking Vacation Bible School out to the community and on three different occasions doing two-day Vacation Bible Schools in the park. And then at our big bash celebration at the end of the summer, we saw 125 people come to our campus and representing 51 families. Isn't that an amazing amount of connection in the midst of what is supposedly a downtime of ministry? We also saw an average of 15 fourth and fifth graders attending Club 45 throughout the year with Jen Walrath giving leadership to that. And this school year in a Little Sprouts Christian preschool that Cindy also leads, among all the other things that she's doing, we have four staff members and 29 students who are coming every week and, and not only learning, but they're also hearing the good news of Jesus in school. MOPS is our ministry to mothers of preschoolers. It continues to meet on Thursday nights every other week, and we're seeing 16 moms and 10 children connecting. And it's just, again, a huge thanks to all of the people that it takes to do these kinds of children's ministries. And if you're in the room and you're participating in children's ministry, would you just stand for a moment so we can acknowledge and celebrate you as well? Some of your names are on the list. I may have missed a few. Come on. There we go. There we go. Come on. Don't be shy. Thank you. As I said, we uh, have an update on our associate pastor search process. We actually have a candidate who we have invited to come to uh, be our potential associate pastor. They have said yes, uh, but we're not going to give you the details now. You have to come to the meeting after the service, and we'll give you a little bit more information about who that person is, and we have a name and a picture and some background information of where they're coming from. In our connections ministry that Cindy Conlin is also leading, we're continuing to host our online community and connect with those who are joining us uh, from home and on the computer uh, through our live streaming service on Facebook and YouTube, and again, making connections in the family room, in the Rockabye room for families who need some wiggle space and room to move. Uh, she's helped make building improvements, both in Snelling Hall and in the family room, to make it more hospitable and comfortable as we welcome people into our space. And our Sunday morning host team that is welcoming us on Sunday mornings and providing coffee and greeting people are all part of how we're trying to continue to build bridges of connection to people who come to our church. But it's not just here on Sunday morning either, right? It's the uh, cider distribution team at our Sumner uh, Santa Parade, or hosting the gingerbread bash for our church and community families, and creating uh, sacred spaces with my wife Tammy Nodhelfer and Dale and Marty Child, and creating opportunities for people to gather around art and creativity and sharing their love uh, for God and for art. We have our women's book club where women gather and read books together, and we have Bible studies and disciple groups. There are so many ways that people are finding opportunities to connect around God's Word, to create connect around shared affinities and to connect around uh, the Holy Spirit. If you're a part of all of those connection opportunities, would you stand for a minute? If you're in a disciple group or a study or a group, come on, don't be shy. Yeah, shy. Rick's shy. That's okay. Our care ministries that have 
faithfully been working behind the scenes for many, many years, formerly our deacons and now our care ministry team who provide prayer and visitation for people who can't come to church on Sunday morning. And they send out birthday cards every year and they help host memorial services here at the church. They provide helping hands ministries to those who are in need. They provide the elements for our communion every month and and they host meals for all of our church events that we have here. It's an amazing gift of service and hospitality that they do week in and week out behind the scenes. And if you're on our care ministries team, would would you stand uh, so we can acknowledge your participation as well? Thank you. Again, I'm sorry if I've missed anybody's names on the screen, but we do want to acknowledge everybody who is serving and participating. We can't forget our prayer ministries led by Bev Newart and her passion to continue to just invite us as a whole congregation to lean into prayer. Uh, We have our weekly Sunday prayer partners who are these friends who are here every week to pray with us and to pray for us. So we have a monthly intercessory prayer team that meets to pray for the needs of our church and our community and all the requests we receive. And we also have a weekly prayer chain that goes out to our community so we can all be praying for those who are in need. If you're on that prayer team, if you're a prayer partner, if you're part of the prayer chain, if you come to the intercessory prayer time, would you stand and just let us acknowledge the prayer warriors that we have in our midst? And we can't skip our missions ministry that, again, participates, uh, being led by Paul Kelly with uh, 14 local mission ministry partners making a difference in our community and 10 global mission partners that includes missionaries and mission organizations around the world. Uh, We have uh, participated in semi-annual mission trips where we've sent our own people around the world and we have a homeless outreach and shower ministry and one of the huge highlights out of our missions ministry has been the Compassion Clinic where we've been able to partner with six or seven other churches in the area to provide medical and dental needs for underserviced people in our community, to share the love of Christ with them by by offering them much-needed help and assistance. And it's been a great way to be a part of bringing people together in our community. And of course, we partner with our conference and our denomination around the world doing all kinds of missional activities and ministries. If you're a part of our missions team or a homeless team or you've served at Compassion Clinic, would you stand and let us celebrate your service in the area of missions? Finally, I just want to acknowledge some of the other ministry teams that uh, help guide and lead our ministries uh, without whom we couldn't do what we do. Our church leadership team, who I'm not going to name because you're going to meet them later at the meeting because you're gonna, all going to come back for the brunch, right? Our staff relations team that meets every month to help encourage uh, our staff and to think about how are we supporting and encouraging the development of these people who serve us so regularly. I you know, count myself blessed to be included in, in that group of people, and we so much value this team of people who faithfully pray for us and want to encourage us and are walking with us through life and ministry. We have a new finance team that we started in 2022 that is helping us to keep an eye on our finances, which is a pretty big challenge these days, and we're going to hear more about that in a little bit. Uh, But we're also working on forming a new property team. 
Uh, and if you're interested in helping to figure out how we uh, are, are able to do more ministry here and serve, taking care of our campus and our property with less staff because we lost Raul Trullo in, our, in this last year, we'd love to hear more from you and we can give you more ideas about what we're thinking. But we just want to take a moment. If you're a, on the leadership team, if you're on the staff relations team or on the new finance team, would you just stand so we can acknowledge your leadership as well that often goes on behind the scenes? Brothers and sisters, what you're experiencing, what you're witnessing is what church is about. Church isn't a, a, an institution or organization that happens without the gifts and the uh, benefit of the people who come to serve Jesus by using their gifts to serve one another. And so we hope that here at Faith Covenant Church, we can all find those places where we can lean into one another more and more and find those places of help and hope as being a part of a faith community. But I just want to take a few minutes to throw it back to you guys where you're sitting or at the tables where you are. Uh, if you're at home, maybe you can you know, uh, write down some notes or you can journal. But what, what quickly, go around your table quickly and share your favorite church event or activity from this last year and why. And if you're new, maybe you can just listen to the stories of other people at your table. Quickly, go around the table and share your favorite church event or activity and why. And Amen. Go ahead and have a seat again and invite you to pray with me as we take a few more minutes to look into God's Word this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we ask that you would continue to be present through your Spirit and that you would speak to us through your Word, a Word that we each need to hear today reminding us that we are your children and we are called to follow Jesus as his disciples. And as we turn our eyes to him again this morning, remind us that there is help, that there is hope, there is healing, and there is life in his name. It's in his name that we pray. Amen. So as we look forward uh, to 2023 and the year ahead, I guess I could say that I'm assuming that it's going to continue to be weird and challenging. Uh, we're learning in our series that we're going through here at Faith Covenant Church on transition that times of transition are difficult. But there are also times when God does some of his deepest shaping work inside of us if we are willing to open ourselves to the possibility that he wants to bless us in a new way. So a big part of where we see ourselves going coming out of this past year and moving forward into the new year as a, as a faith community is that we see ourselves needing to lean into this idea that God's invitation is to seek him in the midst of the transitions and the challenges of life. That sometimes the confusion and the, the difficulty and even the painful circumstances that we find ourselves in, sometimes the conflict in relationship in which we find ourselves engaging can be a part of God allowing us to recognize that something isn't exactly right and he wants to invite us to experience something new. The challenge is we often resist the new because we're more familiar and comfortable with the old. Even though it might be a, a painful comfort, it's familiar and it's habit, and, and so it's easy for us to stay where we are rather than allowing God to prompt us to move into something new. 
As we're learning in our current series, we recognize that if we want to go wider in our ministry for Jesus as a church or as Christians, we need to be also willing to go deeper in our relationship with Jesus. We've learned that the breadth of our ministry or the breadth of our influence for Jesus is directly proportional to the depth of our intimacy with Jesus. And a big part of pursuing a real life together in Christ by connecting and growing and serving, which is our mission statement here at Faith Covenant Church, is about recognizing that in order to pursue a real life together, we need to be actively working to equip God's people to navigate the realities of life in a broken and a fallen world. We're not perfect as Christians. We don't have all of our stuff together. We don't, it's not that we have no place else that we can grow and learn and become better as human beings. What we want to do is we want to recognize that it's as we turn our eyes upon Jesus that we discover God's answers for all of those things and we simply invite one another to go on a journey toward Jesus together. Knowing that every Christ follower will experience somewhere between 12 to 18 transitions in their lifetime means that helping one another to learn to seek God in the midst of those transitions is one of the best ways that we can learn to equip one another to be disciples of Jesus. Because it's in times of transitions that we're invited to remember that it's Jesus who is at the center of everything that we are and everything that we do. John 15, 5, Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. And apart from me, what? (laughs) You can do nothing. Jesus is the center of everything that we are and everything that we do. And when we lose sight of his calling on our lives and the fact that he has invited us to be his disciples, that he's the master and we're the servants, we we can get that flipped around and we think that we're supposed to be the master and Jesus and the church and other people are our servants. In fact, isn't that what our culture tells us, is to look out for number one and to treat everybody else like they're uh, the objects for you to use and to to find happiness and joy and, and all of those things that we pursue as human beings, and yet we find ourselves being frustrated and disappointed and empty over and over again. But God also wants to remind us that This life in a fallen and a broken world is not something that you're ever expected or asked to go through alone. That's what church is for. Church is, in Greek, the ecclesia, the gathering. It's the people of God who come together to do life and to share ministry and to follow Jesus together. And so a big part of what we need to learn in the season ahead is how to come together as the body of Christ in the world and to learn to do life. Not just show up on Sunday morning and say, how are you doing? And say, oh, it's great. All the while we know that deep down it's weird and it's challenging, but we don't know how to talk about that. But to find ways either on Sunday morning or outside of Sunday morning to really get below the layers of the onion and say, how are you really doing? What do you really need in life? Where is God really inviting you to go deeper in his relationship with you so that you can experience an expansion of his calling and his ministry in your life? 
The Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 12, 27, now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. See, God uses times of transition, I want to suggest for us this morning, to deepen our lives in Christ, to focus our lives in Christ, to develop our lives in Christ, and ultimately to send us out to live our lives in Christ. It's all about Christ. And so transitions at the core are all about the opportunity to allow God to reorient our lives, to reorient our perspectives on Christ in a new and a fresh way. But as soon as we take our eyes off Christ and as soon as we put it on something else, even on good things for God, and we put it on church or or the kind of music we like or the kind of Bible studies we like to attend or the kind of activities we should be doing as a church or the kinds of missionaries we want to support, all of those things while being good can be distractions from what God might be actually calling us to do through his son Jesus. Terry Walling in his book, Stuck, that we've been using as kind of a guide for our series on transition, says if you want to go somewhere new in your relationship with Christ, you have to be willing to go someplace deeper in your relationship with Christ. But part of the challenge is going deeper is that we know that deep down there's still wounds and brokenness and painful things that remain unhealed, and we don't want God to touch those, let alone anybody else. And yet all the while we know we need that deeper healing, we need that deeper renewal, and yet we're resistant and we're afraid because we've learned how to hide it and to protect it and to just live with it rather than to find a way to break through it and to have a whole new experience of freedom in Christ, which is exactly what God's salvation is all about. You see, part of the challenge of transition is that God wants to expand your perspective on your life and who you are and who he wants you to be and what he wants you to experience in your relationship with him. And in the process, God wants you to expand your perspective on who he's shaped you and who he's called you to be. And so we've been learning that almost every transition has a a similar life cycle, and typically it progresses through four stages. And the first one is the entry stage, and we've started to look at the life of Peter, and and, and Peter had no idea he was going into a transition, right? God was working in a guy named Cornelius, and and he's talking to him, he goes, hey, you gotta gotta go get this guy Peter. So he sends people, and, and where we're at in the story is these people are on their way to see Peter, and we're gonna pick up the story next week, so you wanna come back to get that part of the story. But this entry level, often we, we come into it without even realizing it. It's, it's only after we've entered a transition and we realize that things aren't working right and something's off and nothing that I'm doing is getting me back on track that we go, hey, maybe something bigger is going on. And we start to pay attention and to evaluate why are these things happening to me? And if we're willing, we could say, okay, God, where are you in this and what are you wanting me to pay attention to? And that's what evaluation is all about. And when we're willing to evaluate and we're opening ourselves to God and we turn our eyes to Jesus again, God can begin to move us into greater and greater alignment with his call on our life. But then we talked about how you see those two arrows at the bottom kind of point both ways. 
because it's not a single progression through the cycle. You, you get kind of below the waterline there when you feel like you're sinking and you're drowning, and there's kind of this rocking back and forth between evaluation and alignment and evaluation and alignment, because sometimes God has to hit us over the head a few times with a two-by-four before we realize and go, okay, God, I really understand what you're saying now. <laughs> At least that's how it works for me. I don't know about you. <laughs> it's that repetition and that training that God leads us through that helps us to begin to fully understand and appreciate what God is wanting to teach us and where he's wanting us to go so that we can actually be open to the new thing that he wants to lead us into, that without that training and that work, we may have never been willing to do, much less realize that he was leading us into. But when we're willing to align ourselves to his will and turn our eyes on Jesus to follow him, he opens a new discernment and a new direction that ultimately invites us into a faith challenge where he asks, will we really put our trust in him with all that we have and all that we are? Truly pick up our cross and follow Jesus and say, God, without you, without your call, I can't do this thing called life. What I have is meager compared to the vision that you've given me for what you want my life to be like. But when we say yes to Jesus and we follow him as disciples, he opens a whole new vista horizon to what is possible for us to experience and to be and to do in his kingdom. Even mature Christians and leaders in the church sometimes need a a major paradigm shift in their thinking to be able to recognize the work of God that God is inviting them to do in order to come into alignment with his plans and his purposes. And I think, men and women, that we're in just such a season where God is calling everyone from the least to the greatest, from the senior pastor to the new person in church on Sunday morning, to open ourselves that there's a major paradigm shift that God is leading us to. And in order to understand, in order to participate, we might have to go through a process of evaluation and alignment together for a while as we learn to turn our eyes to Jesus and understand through God's word what this new thing is that he's wanting to do and the new ministry that he wants us to lead us to and the new experience he wants us to all have through the fresh outpouring of his Holy Spirit in our life. Peter didn't know he was going to go into a transition. Peter didn't realize that God was going to upend his thinking about religion and church and society and where that all was going to go. And in 2022, things are going to continue to be weird and challenging. But we're learning that in times of transition, even though they're difficult and painful, they're the times when God wants to do his deepest work within us if we're willing to be courageous and not shrink back from the healing that he wants to do in your heart and in my heart, because unless we allow him to touch those places of pain and bring his healing, we're going to stay stuck in the places where we're at because we're resistant to the new thing that God wants to do in us, which is where salvation starts, is in your heart and in mine. Next week, we're going to talk about how sometimes it feels like we're experiencing a breakdown. It's because God wants us to experience a breakthrough. And so I invite you to turn your eyes to Jesus again with me today and in the week ahead and come back next week and hear more about how God may be wanting to lead you in our church through a time of transition in 2023. Would you pray with me?
God, we thank you that you are always at work in our lives and that you are always working for our good and for your glory. And we, we need your forgiveness, God, to remind us of the ways that we often resist the work that you're wanting to do. But help us to see that if we put our trust in you again, if we turn our eyes upon Jesus and make him the center of it all, that you will open our eyes to a whole new way of thinking and a whole new way of being that maybe we didn't even realize was possible. Some of those broken habits and patterns of life that we've tried to change and overcome for years, maybe this is the season where you're going to invite us to experience a whole new way of breaking through those barriers in our growth and in our relationship with you. God, some of us here this morning are stuck in marriages that we just don't know if we're going to be able to solve and that we don't know we're going to be able to make it long term and we can't even imagine how something different could ever happen because we've been at it for so long and we've tried everything and so we've just kind of given up and reached this stalemate existence where we're just kind of going through the motions and surviving. God, I pray for those marriages today that you will give us an insight that you want to do a new thing. That if we turn our eyes on Jesus and not on our partner, that we'll have a new perspective and a new way of perhaps experiencing your salvation even in our marriages and in our homes. God, I want to pray for our church and I want to pray for the ways that we minister together and that we serve as we pursue your calling. God, help us to see that church is not a building on a corner where we come to get religious goods and services, but it's a lifestyle that you invite us to live together as your people. Forgive us for the ways that we've made it more about us and, and, and we've wanted to stay comfortable and, and make it something that's easy, that doesn't really require much cost from us because, because it's too hard and painful in the busyness of life and the way life is already so hard as it is. Forgive us for the ways that we're missing the very things that might bring joy and happiness in ways that we couldn't imagine because you've designed us and shaped us to be people who serve others in your name and to share love, and it's in sharing your love and your service that we find joy and meaning and purpose in our own lives. God, we thank you for this celebration day. Help us to focus on many of the good things that are going on in our lives and in our church and allow those things to be signs of your blessing and your call, even in the midst of the pain and the difficulty that we still go through. Because, God, we know that until we're done, we live in a fallen and a broken world. But you have entered this world so that we don't have to go through it alone. And you've given us the gift of one another and your son, Jesus. It's in his name we pray. Amen.